In January of 2016, Donald Trump joked that he could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot someone and he wouldn't lose any voters. And we all laughed at the time. And after yesterday's kangaroo court Banana Republic Soviet show trial perp walk of a former president and current leader of the political opposition, I'm pretty much there. I'm pretty much there. As we all expected, the libs in New York have finally crossed the Rubicon. I know I'm mixing metaphors. I don't care. The libs finally made good on their threats to arrest Donald Trump. And that wasn't even the craziest part. The craziest part of the 34 count indictment is that they still haven't told us what they are prosecuting him for. Because the case against Trump is not actually about any alleged hush money payment to Stormy Daniels or whatever. If that were the issue, which in this case, I don't think would even rise to the level of a misdemeanor, but even if it did, if that were the issue, the New York DA would not have been able to bring any charges because the statute of limitations ran out years ago. The legal case for arresting Donald Trump rests entirely on elevating that possible misdemeanor to a felony. And the only way the prosecution could possibly make that argument is by tying the alleged hush money payment to some other crime. So we were all waiting yesterday to find out what that other crime was. And the craziest part is that even after the perp walk, even after the arraignment, even after the release of the statements of facts in the case, the prosecution still has not said what the supposed crime was. From a legal perspective, the whole thing is just a complete farce. And the Democrats know that, which is why they aren't putting all their anti-Trump eggs in one basket. How many more metaphors can I use? The Democrats seem to be anticipating that the New York case is likely to fail. So they're moving full steam ahead on investigating Trump for keeping some documents at his home, a supposed crime that Joe Biden has just in the last few months been caught committing 10 times over whatever Trump did, of course, without a prosecution. And if that investigation fails to get him, the libs are trying to prosecute Trump in Georgia for calling the secretary of state after the 2020 election and complaining about apparent fraud. Every case they are currently bringing is so transparently absurd, just like every case they've tried to bring for eight years, from Russia gate to Ukraine gate to insurrection gate, all of which went precisely nowhere. It's all just so patently absurd. I think they've proven Trump's 2016 prophecy right. Because these boys have cried wolf so many times, that's one last metaphor, they've cried wolf so many times that I think at this point, Trump probably could shoot a guy on Fifth Avenue in broad daylight. And the reasonable response would be to assume the Democrats just pulled yet another optical illusion. I'm Michael Knowles, this is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. In just a moment, we will get to Marjorie Taylor Greene, Republican member of Congress, calling the Democrats the party of pedos. She said it. Many people were thinking it, but she said it. We'll get to that in one second. First, though, on this case, it's not just Trump defending himself. It's not just the Trumpers defending him. Even CNN is admitting that this legal case that DA Alvin Bragg brought out is very weak. How 
strong this case may be or may not be, um, your reaction now that you've had a chance to go through it, um, is it what you thought it was going to be? And are you unimpressed? It, it is what I thought it was going to be uh, in terms of focusing on the payments that were made, the falsification of the records, and really tied to the payment that was made to Stormy Daniels. Uh, in terms of a case that's being brought against a former president, it's a little underwhelming. Um, mm. there's, there's not more to it. Uh, there's not more violations, tax violations. Mm -hmm. um, there's not an incredible new set of facts that we didn't know about publicly. It's really the facts of this case as they have existed for basically almost seven years. It's a little underwhelming, says CNN. Of course they have to. It's preposterous. They don't even tell you what the charge is. <laughs> the, the crime on which the felony hinges, on which bringing the case at all hinges, they don't tell you what that crime is because there isn't one. <laughs> so it's a joke. Legally, it's a joke. But this is not the end. Let's say that this gets laughed out of a courtroom. Finally, the judge comes to his senses, even though it's kind of an anti-Trump judge. We'll get to that in a moment, too. Let's say it gets laughed out of the courtroom eventually. Well, they're just going to try him in D.C. They're going to get that special counsel to go after Trump in D.C. For, for all of his alleged misdeeds. Then they're going to try to get the the Georgia prosecutors to go after him there for all of his alleged misdeeds down there. And it's never going to end. What are they going after him for out of DC? Well, he had, he had classified documents at his home, but he was president of the United States. He had the ability to declassify any documents he wanted simply by thinking it so. It's not like he had to go through any formal process. And Joe Biden had many documents at many locations from the time he was vice president when he didn't have the authority to declassify documents at, at a whim. So whatever crime Trump allegedly committed, Biden committed it 10 times over. Well, they say, okay, well, no, the crime isn't that, that Trump took the documents. The crime is that Trump obstructed justice because he was trying to stop them from getting the documents. We know that's not true. We know that Trump was working with the National Archives. We have paperwork to that effect. When the National Archives said, okay, Mr. President, well, can you just put another lock on the door? That's what they said. He said, I'm storing these documents in a very secure location. And they knew where the location was. They saw the documents and they said, okay, just put another lock on the door. So that's legally a joke. And then what? They're going to get him in Georgia because he called the Secretary of State and said there are shenanigans in the 2020 election, which we all know. We all know that the Democrats changed all the election rules right before the election. We all know that when it looked like Trump was going to win, they stopped counting the votes in the middle of the night. We all know there are shenanigans in every election, and 2020 was particularly egregious. We've heard the phone call. Trump calls it a perfect phone call. I'm not saying it's the perfect phone call of all time, but you've heard the phone call. We're going we're gonna to put a former president and the political opposition leader in an orange jumpsuit for that phone call. Give me a break. So what's their hope? What are they doing? It's just spaghetti at the wall. It's, it's the same thing they did with the Mueller probe. It's the same thing they did with Ukraine gate. It's the same thing they do with everything. They're just trying to, to muddy it all up. They're just trying to slow down Trump's campaign. And the only conviction that they're really hoping for is a conviction in the court of public opinion, which appears to be working. There's a CNN poll, so take it with a grain of salt, that shows that 60% of Americans support Trump's indictment. 94% of Democrats, of course, 62% of independents and 21% of Republicans. 
It's all, all the squishes. Every single squish in America as a Republican supports Trump's indictment. So it's over roughly two-thirds of those adults surveyed said they support the decision to indict Trump. But the trick of this poll is <laughs> the poll was taken before we knew what Trump was being indicted for. The poll was was taken before the statement of facts came out. So 60% of Americans said they supported Trump's indictment without knowing what he did. <laughs> Which is what, what Nancy Pelosi insinuated last week when she said, listen, Donald Trump will have the opportunity in court to prove his innocence. Is that the way our justice system is supposed to work? You are guilty until proven innocent. Men are women, babies aren't people, Foreigners are Americans, and you're guilty until proven innocent. That's, that's the world according to the libs. I think we need to hire some new elites to run our country. When you want to hire the best people, you got to check out ZipRecruiter. Right now, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles. Hiring used to be really hard. You would post your job on multiple sites. You would hope the right people would see it, and then you'd wait for them to apply. Same goes for finding a job. You upload your resume to every job posting site, and you comb through never-ending lists of jobs trying to find the right position for you. ZipRecruiter is the best place to find the right position, or if you're an employer, the right person to join your team. Head on over to ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles. Try it for free. ZipRecruiter's matching technology excels at finding the most qualified candidates for a wide range of roles. If you see a candidate you like, you can easily send them a personal invite so they're more likely to apply. It also gives you a competitive edge against other employers who may also be interested in that candidate. Their user-friendly dashboard makes it easy to filter, review, and rate your candidates all from one place. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See for yourself. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles to try ZipRecruiter for free. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash K-N-O-W-L-E-S. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So we can laugh at all of these Democrat plots and schemes, and we can say it's, it's just as ridiculous as Russiagate and Ukraine Gate and the Stormy Daniels thing, which they're resurrecting on no basis, and the phone call, and the, he stored some documents like every other president does, and we can all laugh at that. But what is the cumulative effect? Even if, if not one single one of these schemes works to take down Trump, they always tell us the walls are closing in. This is the end of Trump. He's, we've got him now. Well, even if not one of them is plausible or can stand on its own, what happens when you just throw all that spaghetti at the wall? What they're hoping for is you can convince a majority of Americans that he's guilty without them even knowing what the crime is. And what they're hoping for is that they can convince the top dollar Republican donors not to donate to Trump's presidential campaign because they are not going to allow him to mount a serious presidential campaign. If he starts doing too well in the polls, they'll put him in an orange jumpsuit. They'll lock him up. That's what they're trying to do. Now, speaking of fake news, we saw yesterday a masterclass in the anatomy of a fake news story. And it was around this Trump arraignment. As Trump is being arraigned, Trump's son, Don Jr., posts a news story to social media this is a published news story about how the daughter of the judge in the Trump case was an employee of the Biden-Harris campaign. Seems relevant. Not saying it means the judge has to recuse himself, but it seems relevant to the case. That was the first part. Next part, Joyce Aileen, who is some MSNBC talking head lady, 
She said, Donald Trump Jr. has posted a picture of the judge's daughter on Truth Social. Posted a picture. Wait, what? What are you talking about? And then AOC tweets out, because nothing says innocent, like threatening a judge's family. Threatening a judge's family. Wait, what? Oh, what did Don Jr. do? Let me, I got to go back. Now I'm getting confused a little bit. What it is, what is it that, oh, Don Jr. posted a news article that was reported in multiple outlets to social media. Well, he, he posted a picture of the, no, he posted a news article, and I guess the news article had a picture of her, but a lot of news articles have pictures of this woman. When we say judge's daughter, we're not talking about a seven-year-old kid here. We're talking about a 30-something-year-old Democrat operative who is a well-known Democrat operative who was highlighted in Campaigns and Elections magazine. That's the trade, that's the, the trade magazine of political consultants. She was picked in that magazine as a rising star. And somehow posting a news article on a major website becomes Trump is threatening the judge's family. I'm all for keeping the kids out of, out of these political things. But what the daughter is a political professional who, who works for Biden-Harris, who, who has worked for Biden-Harris and for lots of other Democrat campaigns. And that's the fake news story. And now what, what the people are going to walk away from, the low information voters who don't pay close attention to the news, who, who believe that CNN is a real news channel, they're going to walk away and they'll say, oh, wow, that Trump, that mobster, he's threatening judges' daughters. It's the same thing that happened to me at CPAC a month ago. When I, I went to CPAC and I said, uh, transgenderism, the whole preposterous ideology has to be eradicated from public life, for, especially for the good of the people who have fallen prey to it. And then what's the headline? Knowles calls to eradicate transgender people. And then what does the White House say? This conservative speaker, he just came out, he said he wants to eradicate people. And then what happens? A bunch of disingenuous, cynical, political hacks and a bunch of sincere, low-information voters who believe what they hear from the news and the press secretary of the President of the United States, they conclude that yours truly, moi, whom everybody loves so, called to genocide people. And that's what sticks in people's minds. This is the anatomy of a fake news story. And it is what Trump has dealt with every single second of his political career. And that's how 60% of Americans say he, the guy ought to be indicted before we even know what he's accused of doing. Now, there was a funny coda to the arraignment yesterday. This was just a great little happy coincidence. As the libs in New York are persecuting this man over nothing, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, just hours after the arraignment, ordered Stormy Daniels to pay Donald Trump almost $122,000 in attorney fees on top of the roughly half million dollars that she already owes him for bringing a frivolous suit against Trump. <laughs> so as we're being told, we have to break the entire political tradition of the United States to arrest a former president, current leader of the opposition over not just the hush money payments, because that crime doesn't rise to the right level, but uh, some other unnamed crime that has something to do with it. As that's all going down in New York, totally unprecedented, hurling us into banana republic territory. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals says, oh, by the way, Stormy Daniels, you owe Trump money for lying. <laughs> so what is Trump doing? Trump, he's arraigned in New York, he flies back to Mar-a-Lago, and he goes on the offense. This is where we are right now. I have a Trump-hating judge with a Trump-hating wife and family. 
whose daughter worked for Kamala Harris and now receives money from the Biden-Harris campaign and a lot of men. We recently had another trial, and the same judge told the fine man who worked for me for many, many years that if you admit your guilt, you will be in jail for 90 days. But if you don't, if we go through a trial and you're found guilty, you're going away for 10 years and maybe longer, which for a 75-year-old man with a great family really means life. What the prosecutors and judge did to that man, I will never forget, because it's right out of the old Soviet Union. That's where we are. It is. It is right out of the old Soviet Union. This is a ridiculous show trial. There's no way Trump can get a fair trial in New York, obviously. It's, and, and so what, what Trump is doing here is he's going on the offense, and that's what he has to do. What Trump has to do here is put this prosecutor and put this judge in his political crosshairs. And what the libs are going to say is, you're calling for violence. You're, you're threatening these people. No, we're not calling for the destruction of their persons. We're calling for the destruction of their reputation. And Trump has to do it. One, because they deserve it. Two, because it's the only way that he's going to keep that mojo up. It sounds like violence. No, it's not violence. Donald Trump didn't murder Jeb Bush in 2016. Donald Trump didn't murder Marco Rubio in 2016. Donald Trump didn't murder every other candidate on that stage. But he, he destroyed <laughs> their political reputations. And Trump has to do that again. Not, not just to fend off these legal challenges, not just to fend off the Democrats, to fend off the other Republicans. Because the other Republicans are going to take this opportunity to say Trump is weak. They've got him now. The walls are closing in. This is our, our opportunity to gain some advantage here. So even to defend his position within the Republican Party, Trump needs to remind people what it's like to get on the wrong side of Donald Trump. And he's doing that. He's getting his mojo back. That's what we want to see. We don't want to see nice, polite Donald Trump from the campaign announcement at Mar-a-Lago, which was a little bit of an, of, of an underwhelming experience. We want to see Donald Trump on the ground in East Palestine, Ohio, bragging about how he bullied Joe Biden to finally pay some attention to that town. We want to see Donald Trump going there, getting into these people's faces, getting into their political background, and, and rightly destroying their political standing. Because what they are doing is, is the destruction of our country, of our system of law and order. What they are doing is thrusting us further into banana republic Soviet show trial realm than I ever thought we would get in my lifetime. This whole idea actually gave me a little bit of a tangential shock yesterday, which is that as this was happening, I said, wow, I can't believe this is really happening in America. And I I had just signed up for some of the AI programs because I'm just curious to see how good the AI programs are. So I went to one of the AI programs and I typed in Donald Trump as the defendant in a courtroom full of kangaroos. So something to that effect. I typed in one or two prompts. It was not very complicated. And the AI spit out an amazing courtroom image, you know, the, in that style of drawing that you see from courtroom images of Donald Trump sitting as a defendant with a kangaroo with a little smirk on his face sitting there as a juror. It's, it's 
probably the most widely shared political cartoon of yesterday. And I was able to spit it out. I didn't spit it out at all. I just typed it in. It took like 30 seconds. So, wow, that was really, really fast. And then I came up with another even more evocative and actually somewhat disturbing political cartoon. And it, it told me a lot, not just about the, the Trump trial, told me, it, not even just this political moment, it told me a lot about what AI is about to mean for our whole society, which we'll get to in one second. First, you've got to restore a little balance to your life. That's why you got to check out Balance of Nature. Right now, go to balanceofnature.com, promo code Knowles. Living a healthy lifestyle is not always easy, especially when you, like me, are always on the go. You need simple, manageable routines to make sure you're getting the proper nutrition every day. That is why I'm a huge fan of Balance of Nature. Balance of Nature fruits and veggies are a great way to make sure you're getting essential nutritional ingredients every single day. Their capsules are packed with 100% whole food that you can take at any time. Balance of Nature uses a cold vacuum process that preserves the natural phytonutrients in 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables and encapsulates them for easy consumption. Balance of Nature sent a bunch of their products down to the studio for our team to try. And these jackals here at the Daily Wire, these absolute hyena animals, just pounced on them so that I sometimes am not even able to get my own hands on them. Very, very frustrating. You can get your own at balanceofnature.com. Use promo code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, for 35% off your first order as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com. Promo code Knowles for 35% off your first order. You know, there's a line of scripture that says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, you might ask, why do you need faith? Why doesn't God just lay it all out for us on the table? Well, novelist Greg Hurtwitz has an interesting theory about that, and he shares it with the roundtable group of scholars in Jordan Peterson's episode 13 of Exodus. I think if you could see God clearly, you wouldn't need faith. Right, so it's a precursor in a lot of ways to freedom. If you could see God, it would be so undeniable. Like first you die, but then additionally, everything that he would say would have to be absolute. And that's a kind of authoritarianism. And so it's like the faith of the belief is what allows the freedom to keep falling and drinking wine and picnicking and making golden calves. And every time he's out of sight, there's a fall and then there's a movement back again. So you're suggesting if there wasn't a veil, there'd be everything would be so understandable to us that we could just follow it like automatons. That, that right, then the you're back to veils. the Pharaoh in mm-hmm. a way. In addition to Greg, Jordan is joined by a group of esteemed scholars, theologians, and artists, including our own Mr. Ben Shapiro, in this episode for an in-depth discussion on one of the seminal books of the Bible. New episodes come online every week exclusively for Daily Wire Plus members. Join now at dailywire.com slash subscribe to watch Exodus. So I made this little political cartoon with a kangaroo in the court. Okay. Then I said, uh, one of my other conclusions here is that in New York, you could indict a ham sandwich. So I said, okay, give me a, give me a ham sandwich that looks like Trump. <laughs> Whatever I wrote, it wasn't all that much more complicated than that. And it spits out. And if you're listening to this right now, you got, just go online, look it up later. It's so shocking. It's this sur- surreal, photorealistic image of a sandwich with a Trump face in the ham with his little pout and his <laughs> blonde eyebrows. And the eyebrows and the hair are made of cheese whiz. And it's really a brilliant piece of art that this computer made in like a minute. 
Now, this is going to put a lot of artists out of work, or it's going to radically change the nature of artists' work. It's going to change the nature of political cartoons, because the, the first two political cartoons of this Trump arraignment, which is an historic event, were just spit out by a computer because I was goofing around within a matter of minutes. But, but this poses a real risk for society broadly, because the trend we have seen in society over certainly the last 30 years, but really at a much longer time scale than that, is a trend toward atomization, a trend away from communal activities toward individual activities. So we don't have bowling leagues really anymore. We don't have the Lions Club anymore. I mean, these things exist, but people just don't participate in them as they used to. People don't really go to their churches anymore. People are not as involved in their communities anymore. People don't have a ton of kids anymore. And so they're, they're just, people don't sit on their front porches anymore. They're more likely to sit on their back decks. This was a trend observed in the 70s in a famous architectural book. So all, all of the movement of society is toward this individualism. With the advent of computers, people spend a lot more time in their own little affinity groups online. They don't spend time with their real community, they spend time with their virtual community. Then, with the advent of all sorts of new ideologies, which percolate all around the internet, people begin to live according to different understandings of reality. Most clearly, you see this with the transgender idea. In our country right now, we can't even agree on how to know things, what a human being is, what are men, what are women. We don't agree on that anymore. We, are li- we might occupy the same geographical area, but we are living in different realities. Now, one of the last shared things we had was art. And increasingly, people don't watch the same TV shows. Now we have streaming on demand. People don't watch the same movies. People just watch movies streaming on demand. And they can be tiny little movies that, that don't have the same box office numbers that, that people used to have. Even art. We now have art on demand. Then it really got me thinking. You know, you know what, this, this AI stuff is in its early stages, but you know once they get it anywhere near a commercially viable place, you know it's going to all be porn, right? <laughs> it's like the whole internet. It's just, it's all going to be porn. And the scariest part about it is you can then just make your own porn. And, and I, I was talking with sweet little Elise about this last night, that once they perfect this AI so that now you can create these whatever images you want, or even video, which they're already working on. Previously, AI was not that convincing. It was kind of blurry. The hands are kind of a little messed up. But within about six months now, it's really, really good. The hands are are basically totally right. Once they perfect the AI technology so that it spreads all over porn, and they perfect sex robots, the human race is going to go extinct. Because people are just, they're just going to create their own fantasies. They're just going to increasingly live in their own fantasies. What's crazy about this, I, I promise you this will happen. People will just, because people are very naughty and we don't have a lot of restrictions on society, people are going to create porn of private citizens that they know. The girl next door, the girl in, I don't know, the girl in math class or something. It's, it's going to be a huge legal challenge, but how do you, how do you put Pandora's, Pandora's stuff back in her box? I don't know how you can do that. So the effect, I don't mean to just focus on the weird sex stuff, which seems to dominate our politics these days, but, but 
it's evocative because sex is so important to the to the human condition, and it, it's such a motivator of our of our activities. But it's true of everything. We're just going to live in our own little safe spaces that are completely concocted within our own realities. Th- this is what's so troubling to conservatives about the transgender ideology: is there's there's no communicating with someone who says, "Yeah, you can never know." what I really believe, what I really see. There's no objective truth that we can communicate about. I just am whatever I say I am, and you have to deal with that. So, well, then that means that there's nothing objective and intelligible about the universe. It, it means that we can't use our faculties of reason. It means we can't govern ourselves. It's just the, it's just the total atomization of society. You see, I guess the reason that the, the porn aspect of it all stuck out to me is because porn is such a perversion of the basic political institution. Basic political institution is the marriage where you give yourself wholly to the other person and your love is so real with your spouse that it actually creates a third person. And porn is just the complete inversion of that. And you, and you see that, that phenomenon take place throughout every other level of society. Speaking of sexual dysfunction, I have, a, I have a story to get to on that front, but I'm sure we'll be banned from YouTube for doing it. So I'll have, to, I'll have to choose my words very, very carefully. There's a study out of Northwestern which finds, what am I allowed to say, guys? Am I, I guess you've got to go to dailywire.com and subscribe and become a member so you can hear my words that won't be bleeped out. This is a scientific study. I'm just reading from a scientific study, okay? I got it right here. It says... Pre-existing mental health issues were common, and youths with these issues were more likely than those without them to have socially and medically transitioned. Can I say that? Parents reported that they had often felt pressured by clinicians to affirm their adolescent or young adult child's new gender and support their transition, according to the parents, adult and adolescent and young adult children's mental health deteriorated considerably after social transition. I'm just reading verbatim from this scientific study. You can't censor me for that, can you? Can you? Maybe that's the kind of society we're living in. We're living in a society where the ruling class, where the regime arrests the leader of the opposition, the former president. So maybe we are living in that society. Very important study, though, because what we're told is if you don't indulge the fantasies of sexually confused people, you're effectively killing them. These are life-saving treatments. When we chop off the healthy genitals of confused young people, we're, that's saving their lives because their mental health will deteriorate and they'll commit suicide if we don't all pretend that they're the opposite sex and we don't all live in lies. What this study says is, no, actually the opposite is true. What this study says is what we all knew intuitively, which is that when you encourage confused and isolated people and people who have already a somewhat tenuous grasp on reality, when you encourage them to go further into their own fantasies, further into their own AI, create your own reality kind of daydreams, their mental health doesn't improve, it deteriorates. Because mental health, which is just the new euphemism that we use for sanity, reasonableness, it it hinges on our ability 
to perceive and understand the objective world outside of us. Of course, you don't need a scientific study to tell you that, but we now have one, and I promise you the libs are going to try to cover it up. Now, we have a wonderful segment coming up tomorrow. That would be my favorite segment of the week, the voicemail bag, when I get to hear from you. If you do not know how to submit a voicemail bag question, you go to dailywire.com, click on watch, you scroll down to the Michael Knowles show. There she is right there. Click the Michael Knowles show. Then you click the mailbag and then it opens up a little email. You can either write in your question or you can record your question on your phone or on your computer. Keep it under a minute, please, so I can play it on the show. And then attach that file, send it in, and I will get to hear your mellifluous, dulcet tones. That will be, I'm sorry, that's on Friday. That's not tomorrow. It's in this whole week, man. We're arresting presidents over here. I'm losing track of the days. You know, my favorite comment yesterday, whatever day that was, is from OZE, who says, some people won't eat meat with added hormones but will then turn around and give actual hormones to their kids. I know this is, this is the same phenomenon of liberals who are vegan, who not only won't eat meat, they won't eat fish. They won't even eat eggs and cheese and milk. So, so worried are they for the well-being of the little chicken, but they'll murder a baby. <laughs> they won't eat an anchovy because that would be evil and that would be taking life, but they'll murder a baby in the womb. <laughs> Does, I, don't, I don't mean to laugh. It's just either you laugh or cry. It's so, so dark and it's so completely incoherent. It's a great, that's a great point, great way to color that with the new gender ideology. Speaking of that ideology, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, was just on 60 Minutes with Leslie Stahl, and Leslie Stahl thought she had a real gotcha for Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know, Marjorie has said things that are provocative, no doubt, but she's, she's pretty conservative. She's pretty clear in what she thinks. And so Leslie Stahl thought she really had her, and she was going to get Marjorie Greene to walk back a terrible hyperbolic line that she said. Here's Marjorie's response. And things she says that are over the top, like... The Democrats are a party of pedophiles. I would definitely say so. They support grooming children. They are not <laughs> put pedophiles. A pause, put a pause. I just... Marjorie doesn't miss a beat. Marjorie, you, you've said here, it says on this card, that the Democrats are a party of pedophiles. Just doesn't... She doesn't even blink. She goes, I would definitely say that. Yeah. Oh, I said that. Yeah, I, guess, I would say that because it's obviously true. Keep going. Why would you say that? Democrats, su- Democrats support, even Joe Biden, the president himself, supports children being sexualized and having transgender surgeries. Sexualizing children is what pedophiles do to children. Wow. Okay. Wow. Oh, wow. You, huh? I don't have any response to that, so I'll just, I'll just sort of roll my eyes. I wow. So, what is Marjorie saying here? I agree that Marjorie Taylor Greene is being about four percent hyperbolic. I agree. Politicians speak in hyperbole. They use really blunt statements to get their message across, and sometimes they're hyperbolic. And so, sure, I'll agree with the Democrats. Marjorie Taylor Greene is being hyperbolic here by about three and a half percent. 
we're not saying every Democrat wants to do weird sex stuff with kids. But it is undeniable that the Democrats have taken a bizarre interest, a bizarre sexual interest in children. And they're obsessed with it, and they never shut up about it. Conservatives didn't start this fight. We didn't bring up this issue. Everything was going just fine. It was the Democrats who said, we need to go into the elementary schools and talk about weird sex stuff with your kids. They said, oh, please don't do that. Why are you so obsessed with talking about sex and kids? No, you're the one who's obsessed with it. You're the one who wanted to go into the kindergarten and talk about weird sex stuff. It was the Democrats who said, we want to go into the, I don't know why they all have the same voice. I don't know, they all got got the same kind of (laughs) demonic ideas, I guess. We, we want to go into the public library and, and walk in in stilettos and miniskirts as big hulking dudes and then twerk for your little toddlers. And that's a civil right. It's a blessing of liberty. It's called drag queen story hour. And then conservatives said, um, don't please. How about we don't do that? That seems weird. <laughs> Why are you so obsessed? No, you're obviously the one who's, you're obviously the one who's obsessed. Democrats are the ones who are saying that teachers and guidance counselors and and political activists need to be able to convince your son that he's a girl and your daughter that she's a boy and then start calling them by the names that are appropriate to the opposite sex and the pronouns for the opposite sex and in some cases even put them on puberty blockers or cross-sex hormones, start transitioning them without a parent's knowledge or consent. It's the Democrats doing that. Democrat, And it's not just some fringe people. It's the assistant secretary of health for the Biden administration. It's Joe Biden himself and the whole executive branch and the leading Democrats in the country. They're all pushing this. They have a weird sexual interest in children, whether that means they're lusting after children or whether that means they just have a really messed up view of sex and children. Marjorie Greene says it's a pedo party. It's not that much of an exaggeration. And, and please spare me the, the sermons about hyperbolic political rhetoric. Okay, These are the Democrats who say that anyone who disagrees with them, anybody slightly to the right of Barack Obama is a Nazi, is Hitler, is racist, is a white supremacist. They say that about anybody. They'll, say it about, they'll call black people white supremacists if they in any way diverge from the orthodoxies of the Democrat Party. So please spare me the lectures about hyperbole. Marjorie Taylor Greene is being slightly hyperbolic. But, but it's, it's really weird. You know, I wrote about this in my book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, which is available for order right now, number one national bestseller. Thank you very much. Back in 1969, Bernie Sanders was trying to get himself into politics. And he was mostly failing. Obviously, it finally worked out. But in, in 1969, Bernie Sanders wrote in the Vermont Freeman a weird essay about how we should sexualize children. He wrote, these were his exact words, quote, in Vermont at a state beach, a mother is reprimanded by authority for allowing her six-month-old daughter to go about without her diapers on. Now, if children go around naked, they are liable to see each other's sexual organs and maybe even touch them. Terrible thing. If we bring children up like this, it will probably ruin the whole pornography business, not to mention the large segment of the general economy, which makes its money by playing on people's sexual frustrations. The revolution is coming, and it is a very beautiful revolution. 
It is beautiful because in its deepest sense, it is quiet, gentle, and all pervasive. It knows. So it's kind of strange prose, I give you that. But it's, it's an ironic piece. He's saying, oh, you know, on a beach, a, 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 a young girl is reprimanded for not having her clothes on. Oh, because heaven forfend, she goes around without her clothes on. Then kids might see each other's sexual organs, and maybe they'll even touch them. Oh, that would be terrible, because that would ruin the pornography business, and that would ruin their sexual frustrations later on. So what he's arguing is kids should be allowed to see and play with each other's sexual organs. And, and this idea of the importance of sexualizing children derives from an intellectual who was very prominent on the left, Wilhelm Reich, who Wilhelm Reich had this thought that all the problems of the world, political dysfunction, war, death, cancer, everything, derive from a lack of orgasms. I'm not joking. I know it's, that sounds like a punchline. That's really what he believed. He thought that the essence of life, the, the energy that, that animated life was something called the orgone. He created a device called the orgone accumulator, which was a wooden box that weirdo leftists would sit in. I don't know what they did in the box. And the idea was to accumulate orgones. And, and well, to put it bluntly, the more orgasms one had, the healthier one would be. And there was a push at younger and younger ages to sexualize children. This back in the age of Aquarius when, when these people were just weirdo hippies. Now those weirdo hippies are U.S. senators. Now those weirdo hippies are running the country. It's been building for a very, very long time. And so now we see this push, not only to reduce the age of consent, now we see this push, there's a, a pervert a state senator in California, Scott Weiner, I think his name is. <laughs> All nature is but art unknown to thee. And this guy, Senator Weiner, he, he campaigned to pass this bill that would reduce punishments for pederasts, for grown men who engaged in sexual asks, who, who molested young boys. That, that, was, that was something that he campaigned on, and he, he won. He got, it, he got it through. I believe I'm correct in saying that Senator Weiner also campaigned on decriminalizing the transmission, the, the knowing, willful transmission of HIV to a sexual partner. Really, really weird stuff. But for our conversation here, especially important to note that he pushed to normalize sex with minors. He pushed to reduce punishments, specifically for gay sex with minors. There's a movement for that. And now, you know, the libs nationally are pushing not only to do weird sex stuff with kids or lower the age of consent or reduce the penalties for having sex with minors. They're pushing now to allow minors to permanently mutilate their sexual organs. Not at 15 or 16 or 14, all the way down to like eight. Okay, that's happening right now. And so Marjorie Green goes on TV and says, it's a pedo party. I don't know, is that so hyperbolic? I don't think so. Speaking of, speaking of female political leaders, Finland, the newest NATO country, every country on earth is going to be in NATO pretty soon, just before World War III starts. Finland just ousted its left-wing prime minister, Sanna Marin, in a narrow three-way race. Sanna Marin, you might recall, as being the hottest world leader. <laughs> she, 
<laughs> I don't, that's what she was known for, okay? There were a lot of news articles written about it. She was just a young, physically attractive woman, and she would go out and party and do all sorts of weird, crazy things. And there were videos of this. She, she'd have her phone off. She wouldn't, wouldn't answer government calls. She'd be out just dancing at the club. And this is really bizarre, especially because she is pretty young and pretty good looking. And now she's been ousted from power, which, which is a little ray of hope in an otherwise depressing news cycle. Because the, the ray of hope here is not just that the right can take countries back. Maybe we can, maybe we can't. The, the hope here is people still value competence, which is a little bit of a different thing than the ideological battle. Competence. Can you do the basic rudimentary tasks that are required of politicians? Can you keep the economy from imploding? Can you keep the banking system from imploding? Can you keep inflation from hitting 40-year highs? Can you keep energy prices down? Can you uh, stop World War III from potentially opening up in Europe? Can you stop? Oh, yeah. Hmm, I'm listing a lot of things here that, unfortunately, our current commander-in-chief has not been able to do. Which is why, of course, they're going after Trump so hard. If they really believed that Joe Biden won by the most votes ever cast in any election ever in the history of the world, 99.7% of more, a greater percentage of Americans voted for Biden than, than Iraqis who voted for Saddam Hussein. <laughs> That's how popular he is. Probably it is. If they really believe that, they wouldn't have to try to throw Trump in jail three different times on bogus charges. And it's not just Trump, by the way. Uh, Democrats have just dumped 500 pages of oppo research on the number two Republican candidate in the race, Ron DeSantis. This is American Bridge 21st Century. It's one of the largest tracking and research groups in progressive politics. So it's, it's not some fringe group. It's a, it's a big one. They just released uh, a new website after spending the last year gathering oppo on DeSantis. They're branding him as a MAGA extremist. This is the same group that launched the Trump research book in 2020, which is a similarly comprehensive account of all of Donald Trump's alleged crimes. All of which is to say a lot of people are trying to prognosticate and read crystal balls and tea leaves to say the Democrats are arresting Trump because they secretly want him to be the nominee. It's 5D chess. No, they, they are most terrified of him being the nominee. No, that's the, they actually want DeSantis. Actually, they want that. Forget about that for a second. Just focus on the basic stuff. They know that Biden is very, very weak. They know that this ideology is unpopular. They know that parents don't actually want to chop their kids' genitals off. They know that World War III is unpopular. They know that the absolute economic destruction of just the last two years is very unpopular. And they know that people can tell that this guy is not able to do the job. So they fear not just Trump. I think they fear any Republican candidate who could get the nomination. You think they're going hard after Trump now? It's because he's the number one candidate. If DeSantis somehow becomes the number one candidate, they're going to go after him just as hard. They're going to try to put him in an orange jumpsuit too. We've got a lot coming up. We have got a woke TikTok because this is Woke Wednesday. So make sure you stay tuned for that over at the member block at the Nostradamus Membrum Segmentum. Is it the Membrorum Segmentum? I don't know. I have to brush up on my Latin. Dailywire.com slash Knowles. Become a member. Use code Knowles at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. See you over at the member block.